This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Healthy Aging, providing you with the unique energy support of Pure NT Factor. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, whether it be age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor from Nutritional Therapeutics repairs damaged cells. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years with a 45-day money-back guarantee of nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158. That's 800-982-9158. Or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Today, we're going to do a blood pressure awareness because uh, blood pressure is consequential. A shockingly high percentage of Americans, especially Americans over the age of 60 or so, uh, experience high blood pressure. Uh, and there are medications for that. Uh, but uh, the medications only partially ameliorate the problem. They fix uh, the number on your sphygmometer, but they may not uh, fix the uh, underlying problems that may lead to strokes and heart attacks and other kinds of health problems that are associated with hypertension. So today we're going to talk to an expert. Uh, he's a frequent contributor here on Intelligent Medicine. He's Jim Laval. Uh, Jim is a uh, by in his background, he's a registered pharmacist, but he's also a certified clinical nutritionist, uh, internationally recognized uh, author, uh, and an educator in integrative and precision health. And he has over 35 years of experience integrating natural and integrative therapies into various medical and business models. Uh, also has consulted with uh, numerous uh, sports teams. Uh, he is the author of uh, some books that we've interviewed him about, uh, including his uh, bestsellers, Your Blood Never Lies, as well as his bestseller, Cracking the Metabolic Code, uh, along with uh, 16 e-books and uh, you perhaps uh, nearly a couple dozen regular books. Uh, you know, I could go on and on uh, in your bio, but then we <laughs> use up the whole time here. So so without further ado, uh, Jim, welcome to Intelligent Medicine once again. It's a pleasure having you on board to talk about hypertension. Uh, you're my favorite interview. It's, I'm so glad we, we get to talk again. Yeah, we always have a, a great uh, interchange on this program because uh, you're so knowledgeable, and you have a you have a great way of distilling that knowledge into uh, understandable terms. So, uh, let's go on the issue of uh, hypertension. Uh, okay, so uh, let me, maybe we should start with historical perspective because uh, prior to the invention of a device called the sphygmometer, which I don't know when that happened historically, probably uh, in the uh, you know 18th century, or the 19th century, people were walking around. And uh, then they would suddenly have an attack of what was called apoplexy. I think that was the word for it. Uh, and then right. it would keel over and fall to the ground and uh, become paralyzed or, or die. And nobody knew exactly why that was. Uh, and then we came up with this notion that uh, we could use an instrument to check blood pressure and that checking blood pressure had predictive value. And then... Based on that, uh, we came up with the idea that, well, maybe, just maybe, if we give people things to lower their blood pressure, uh, we can prevent a lot of uh, problems, right? So take it away from there. Yeah, I mean, without a doubt. I mean, you, you know, uh, 
knowing your blood pressure, and I have to tell you, it's alarming. When I go to a lot of medical conferences and teach there, and one of the big questions, I ask people three questions. The first question I ask is, do you know your blood pressure? And I have people raise their hand. And surprisingly, there's a lot of people that don't raise their hand. They haven't done their blood pressure or they haven't checked their blood pressure at morning or night. I ask them if they know their blood sugar. And surprisingly, there's quite a few people that don't raise their hand. And then I, and, and then I ask them about, yeah, the other one is, do you get enough sleep? You know, and, and most of the time people aren't raising their hands when I say you get seven to nine hours of good sleep. So what, you know, what is blood pressure? Well, you know, your heart has to push blood out into your microcapillaries and your arteries. And that's the top number. That's the systolic under the push. And then at rest, Basically, your heart chamber is getting filled back up with blood and you're getting ready to push again, but, it, but, but eventually your blood vessels should be kind of dilating. But if they're not, they're staying too stiff at rest. That's the diastolic. So systolic blood pressure over diastolic blood pressure. And you said something incredibly important in, in the introduction. You know, 50% of Americans over the age of 55 are hypertensive. 30% of our adult population. So about a third of all adults, meaning people over the age of 18, have hypertension. So this is not a small problem, and unfortunately, it's a silent killer, right? It's, uh, it's apoplexy, right? All of a sudden, you know, I always tell people, what's the first sign of a heart attack 50% of the time? You know, no, it's not a numb and tingly left arm. It's death. Uh, it's so it's kind of important to understand your blood pressure. And I always tell people, take your blood pressure morning and night. Are you still stressed out going into the night? Is your blood pressure going up instead of kind of staying the same or going down? Are you, are you dipping or not dipping? Uh, so those are really important. So is is it fair to say that uh, blood pressure is kind of a proxy measurement for the health of your arteries, that it tells us something about uh, the distensibility or the responsiveness of your uh, vascular system uh, to the different circumstances of life, you know, being at rest versus being uh, active, changing positions and so on? Well, absolutely. So, you know, when you think of your blood pressure, um, you know, you always hear the term hardening of your arteries, right? Yep. Remember that term in the yeah. 40s yeah. through the 70s? People used to say hardening of the arteries. What that yeah. really was, was that your blood pressure gets stiff. So if you think about a garden hose, when you first get it, like you buy it, you're coming back from Home Depot, you got this great garden hose, and you put it onto your reel, and you reel that hose, and it goes around that reel beautifully because the hose is flexible and pliable. Mm -hmm. Then you start to leave the hose out in the sun and you run over it with your car and it's three ways. Now you try to reel that, you know, reel that hose in and now all of a sudden there's kinks in it and it's stiff and you can't pull it as easily and you're trying to squeeze, you know, trying to squirt water and the kink is keeping you from getting the water out. That's kind of what happens with your blood vessels. Your blood vessels under oxidative stress end up getting, you know, more and more distensible. They can't, they can't release and relax. And the other thing I, I look at it as a sign of 
is how stressed out you are. So a lot of people don't realize that as your blood pressure is going up, your sympathetic nervous system or your fight-or-flight nervous system is dominating your chemistry, and that's going to lead to reduced blood flow to important organs like the liver, the kidneys, and all of your microcapillaries, right? You've got a whole system of microcapillaries delivering blood and nutrients to all of your tissues and organs. And so when you're not able to let those vessels relax, Uh, you're basically starving your organs and tissues of the nutrients that they need. And that means that we're going to end up eventually in some sort of chronic disease. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, but the the whole aspect of the state of your blood vessels, blood pressure really tells you where that's at. Indeed. Is it fair to say that there are different subtypes of high blood pressure? Because, you know, we use the term hypertension, suggesting that it is associated with tension or stress. And some people, uh, you know, they'll get a call from uh, mom or something and you can check their blood pressure and it <laughs> goes sky high. What's the matter, mom? You know, why are you calling me? Uh, and, uh, you know, other people. Uh, you know, they may be cool cucumbers, but, uh, they're overweight and, you know, maybe they're pre-diabetic. Uh, they're very, very sedentary in their lifestyle and, uh, they've got high blood pressure. So it, it, different, uh, causes for blood pressure yeah. to be high. Absolutely. So, you know, when you think about it, um, I mean, smoking's a biggie, right? Yes. Everybody knows, yep. you know, smoking's not good for your, for heart disease. Uh, and then stress is one key, but you brought up a big one. Diabetes and obesity are big causes, and they cause it for different reasons, right? So when you're under stress, the cortisol goes up, cortisol goes up, you release some uh, adrenaline, and then your you know blood vessels get stiff under the stress. What's more insidious is that if you're overweight, and people don't realize that the fat that you're carrying – especially the visceral fat, the the fat that's deep down packing in around the organs, that visceral fat is releasing something called adipokines. Basically, these are inflammatory compounds that lead to triggering more of that sympathetic tone and creating more oxidative stress. So if you're out there listening, you can think of oxidative stress as the rate of rusting inside of your arteries. So you have the endothelium, the inner lining of your arteries, and and we now know there's kind of a a coating to the the endothelial cell called the glycocalyx. And so when you get under stress from whether it's psychosocial stress, it's smoking, it's diabetes, it's obesity, maybe an exposure to something, lack of sleep, maybe overtraining, right? We hear about the endurance athletes that all of a sudden have high blood pressure or have a heart attack because they've overtrained and they've kind of created more oxidative stress. Uh, you know, all of those things in the end bear down on your blood vessels and end up creating either placking events or a less flexible, pliable artery um, or just the fact that they get stuck because you're under that sympathetic tone all the time. That's why I like people wearing wearable devices now. I mean, I, I do like them having a watch on that shows where their resting heart rate's at. And, you know, I love them to know their blood pressure, uh, where their heart rate variability's at, because all those things are showing that my cardiovascular system and my brain that's connected to the cardiovascular system, right? It's that connection between the stress response in the brain and it telling your your heart what to do. Oh, my God, i got to run from another white tiger. I just got an email that mm-hmm. I didn't like reading, right? So-called fight your, or flight. Your body doesn't yeah. know the difference. 
Yeah, yeah. it's all fight or flight, right? So all of those things can drive uh, blood pressure issues. And and you mentioned uh, uh, environmental toxins. Uh, there's some studies that suggest that you know we're all exposed to some degree or another uh, lead. Some people more than others, oh. and lead actually uh, can cause the blood pressure to go up. I, I believe cadmium also, and and some people, uh, you know, it's in the environment, it's ubiquitous. Uh, and so these are some of the things that may drive high blood pressure when other things are not suspected, right? I, I think those are that's a big issue because like cadmium, especially because it causes more renal hypertension, it gets stuck in your kidneys mm-hmm. and then you create oxidative stress there. And now your heart's got to push harder to get the blood to flow through the kidneys. And, you know, the Veterans Normative Aid Gene Study in 2005, I mean, they looked at all these vets and they that when they were doing x-rays on their bones and they saw their lead levels were up, they correlated basically that the more lead they saw mm-hmm. in their bones, the higher their cardiovascular risk was. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, yes, absolutely. And you mentioned sleep. And uh, I had some cases where, you know, I was mystified why people had high blood pressure because they were very fit, energetic. They seemed to be normal weight and they didn't have insulin resistance, you know, which is a hallmark of a metabolic syndrome. And, and yet they had high blood pressure. And uh, I remember one guy uh, and I was puzzled. And, you know, about, you know, half an hour into the into the session, uh, his wife accompanied him. And I turned to the wife and I said, by any chance, does he snore? And, and she rolled her eyes and she said, not, I mean, it is so loud. I have to sleep in another bedroom. And I said, yeah, sleep apnea. And what about that? Yep. It's huge. I find so much sleep apnea just by asking people because, oh, yeah, I snore. And then they laugh. It's like, oh, yeah, I keep the wife up, right? Um, sleep apnea is a serious deal because what's happening is, is because you're you're starving your body of oxygen, right? That's what happens with sleep apnea is you don't, you're not able to get a good deep oxygenated breath. You're not supplying oxygen to your brain. And so your brain says heart rate go up and it turns on. So you'll see on a lot of sleep apnea tests where people's heart rates are going up into the, you know, 130 and 140 at night when it's they're deprived of oxygen. Exactly. It's a stress. And so you're training your body while you're sleeping to be in fight or flight. And so it's a huge issue, and I'm so glad you brought it up because it's a very significant problem for people that I think a lot of times just doesn't get recognized. Okay, so uh, there, there's got to be 50 or perhaps 100 different blood pressure medications, and some people are saying, hey, you know, guess what? Uh, I'm one of the majority of people who has high blood pressure, and thank God for blood pressure medications. Uh, so, you know, I'm going to take a blood pressure medication or, you know, two or three until my blood pressure is under control fixed all up right yeah wouldn't that be great it's it's the the big issue with that is is in many cases if it's if it's environmental burden if it's stress you're kind of putting a band-aid over a bullet hole right Mm -hmm. you're not really getting to the answer now do sometimes if we have what you know if i have a person walk into our office and i got my nurse practitioner there my medical director there and I got a person with a 165 over 110 blood pressure. We're, they're going to want to put them on something while we're doing lifestyle modification, getting them on nutrients, getting them to exercise, like all the things we need to do, and then we start to bring them back down. Uh, but, I mean, a lot of medications end up depleting nutrients, like beta blockers deplete melatonin and testosterone. Mm. Uh ACE inhibitors, which are kind of the first line of defense, or what are called ARBs, angiotensin receptor blockade drugs, yeah. um, 
those deplete zinc. And when you deplete zinc, you know, tough on your immune system. Also, you deplete your ability uh, to make testosterone. Uh, and for women, it'll alter their estradiol. So it's really important to understand that, you know, these medications, and for a lot of people, they don't feel good on them. Yep. And so I'm not saying don't so take a, a medication of, when you need it. a lot of erectile it. dysfunction with many of these medications. Oh. You know, that's a, Absolutely. That's a yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, also some of them impair your uh, heat tolerance. Uh, people who are on blood pressure medication have to watch out uh, during heat waves or, you know, when there's a blackout and, you know, they can't use the air conditioner. Uh, they're instructed not to go in hot tubs or, or saunas because of the yep. effects. On, it, in fact, uh, impairs their air conditioning system. So, yeah, those are problems. Yeah, and the, one of the big ones, of course, that nobody likes to hear is it makes them feel tired. They get yes. they can get fatigued. Yeah. So some people do a beta blocker without a problem. Other people they'll do a beta blocker, and this is big in the geriatric population. If you're older and you're on a beta blocker, there's a good chance that you're going to have trouble with sleep, and that's because of the melatonin depletion. So mm -hmm. insomnia is also an issue related to the drug therapies that are out there. Which is a vicious cycle because sleep deprivation can cause your blood pressure to go yeah. up. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Well, so natural alternatives, obviously weight loss. I, I, I think I, I read a statistic once where if you can lose 5% of your body weight, you got about a 50-50 chance of getting off your blood pressure meds. Uh, is that dictum still applicable? Oh, it sure is. And I mean, even like, even if you lose a pound of body weight, especially if it's fat, like lose a pound of body fat, that's a lot of adipokines getting out of the body, right? Uh, you, you'll start, you can start to see blood pressure changes. So if you're able to lose 5%, you know, 5% it's great. At 10%, mm -hmm. you reduce your all-cause mortality by 75%. That's like going from 200 to 180. Uh, I'm just, right. right. Yeah, something like that. Right. Wow. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's significant. So, you know, you know, in losing weight, Easier said than done in many cases. You've got people that are insulin resistant. They, they, they actually may need a medication, but in many cases, if they can learn how to eat and begin even the simple thing of walking, I mean, I'm pushing people to walk, like get a free, you know, work toward, you can't do it right away for a lot of folks, but work towards that 45 minute walk five days a week. You know, try to get that out there. If you want to, if you want to follow the minimum standard, it's 21 minutes. Five days a week reduce your cardiovascular risk. Mm -hmm. Twenty-one minutes, and you got to walk it through. Because people say, "Oh, I walk twenty-one minutes during the course of my workday," but it's not twenty-one minutes in a row where your yeah. heart Concerted is functioning. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and your and your blood vessels yeah. are relaxing and contracting, right. and so it really does make a difference right. if you're actually performing the exercise versus saying, "Oh, I walk all day. I get ten thousand right. steps." Because I walk Still twenty-one not minutes a day at least, uh, just looking for my iPad in my apartment. So, <laughs> at least twenty-one minutes. Oh man! Yeah. It's like, <laughs> no doubt, it? especially now that you got a, I'm an iPad Mini, right? I've got an iPad Mini I just picked up in addition yeah. to my big iPad. The Mini I can never find. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I think we need like uh, remember the clapper, you know. Yeah, you know, fine. Yeah. Okay, so uh, that you find the remote. Okay, so um, what about you know, some of the natural substances? And you know, I know that you are from previous uh, conversations. You're a big fan of uh, garlic for cardiovascular protection and uh, immune immune support. But th that's not today's subject. You were talking about hypertension. Is there any evidence to suggest that uh, eating a lot of garlic or taking a specific garlic product can target uh, blood pressure? 
Well, you know, it, it's, it's pretty interesting, but aged garlic extract, I mean, eating garlic isn't going to do it. Uh, eating garlic tastes great, probably antimicrobial, will send off a few bugs, or at least, you know, if you get the stinking rose effect, a few people you don't like. Uh, but there actually was a 2008 study where, you know, people that had uncontrolled hypertension, so that means they're on like two or more meds and their blood pressure still not controlled. They gave them aged garlic extract for 12 weeks and they got a significant drop, about a 10-point drop in their systolic pressure and about a six-point drop in their diastolic pressure uh, versus placebo. Then there was another trial in 2021 that uh, showed, you know, with aged garlic extract and exercise, that created even a greater blood pressure lowering effect. So, you know, take something like aged garlic extract, which is going to, it's been proven, it makes your blood vessels more pliable. You go back to the new hose, right, uh, that you bought, right, the nice pliable hose, it lowers oxidized LDL and other unfriendly lipoproteins that damage the inner lining of your artery. Uh, and it actually has been shown to change that sympathetic tone in your body so that the blood vessels are able to relax. So aged garlic extract, for me, aged garlic extract, making sure people have enough magnesium on board, and then there's a blood pressure formula that also adds natokinase and theanine. The natto is nice because it you know keeps the blood from being too sticky. And theanine, of course, to help you feel less stressed. Mm-hmm. But there's there we could talk what, about what, these studies on blood pressure a lot. There's a lot of uh, products uh, that contain H garlic extract, which is a proprietary product. Uh, Wakanaga makes them, and they have a numerical designation. So that which formula has the is for high blood pressure? Is it 103? It's 109. Yeah, formula 109 Mm -hmm. is the blood pressure balance. I mean, for me, what I do with a lot of people, I love uh, formula 109. So if it's people that are willing to exercise, they don't have any previous disease, they haven't been on a medication, they just are starting to show that, uh uh-oh, my blood pressure is starting to go up. If I can get them walking and give them 109, their blood pressures are going to do good. Once people start, um, and, you know, they'll they'll see it lower. I mean, it's going to work. Uh. I like the Kyolic Reserve when people are already on medications just because I'm getting, you know, even a stronger amount of it. And, you know, the the doses at 2,400 milligrams of the the Kyolic Reserve is shown to reverse vulnerable plaque, Mm -hmm. uh, which I think is pretty amazing. You know, stop calcium leakage from the bone. I think that's pretty amazing. So I think it's really important that, you know, I think for most people, if you're concerned about cardiovascular health, yeah, you know, you could do the staples, fish oil, mag. Yes, those are those are good. Nobody's going to argue with that. Um, but then you got to think about how am I going to get this kyolic aged garlic in? Because you know, over nine hundred studies. Uh, and look, in addition to the blood pressure, I mean, when you know, when, when after break, I can talk about some of the unique features that have been shown. Mm-hmm. They kind of circle around cardiovascular health. Like, how does it affect? insulin receptors you know mm-hmm. how does it you know how does it you know how does it affect the gut microbiome so that you start to see it having a pleiotropic or in other words a multitude of effects right. that help our bodies which i call systems of systems right our bodies all interrelated sending signals so the more signals that we can kind of get back to normal the better our blood vessels become the recipient of that homeostasis 
Well, you perfectly anticipated my focus in part two because I wanted to amplify on uh, the effects of uh, H. garlic exarch. Also, talk about some other uh, ancillary uh, supplements, uh, some of which are included Great. in these these combo formulas that are nice, where you kind of have it's like uh, a one stop shop for all the things that you need for blood pressure, like Formula One Hundred Nine. Uh, today's guest Great. is uh, Jim Laval. Uh, he trained as a pharmacist. Uh, he's an expert on uh, drug nutrient interactions. Uh, he's uh, in big demand on the lecture circuit. He says, you know, before this interview, uh, I said, how are you doing? And he said, man, I'm kind of exhausted because I'm running from conference to conference. He's in big demand on the, <laughs> on the speaker circuit now that uh, COVID is waning. The pandemic is uh, letting us uh, convene in person. And more and more conferences are being held. Uh, and he's uh, sharing his expertise with us today. Uh, you can get more information about uh, Kyolic Aged Garlic Extract uh, via kyolic.com, K-Y-O-L-I-C. And uh, uh, you can also call 800-421-2998. Maybe you're not sure of the formula that's right for you. Uh, and formulas are available to local natural health retailers nationwide and online, of course. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. And this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.